Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast presented by KFC. I'm your host, William Liu of Yahoo Sports Canada. And on this week's episode, I have writer at large, Alex Wong. What's up, man? Who canceled? Who canceled today? Uh, what happened to the At Large podcast? We can have canceled. Um, it's just on hold. You know, I'm focusing on other behind the scenes projects at the moment. Wow, such as what potentially? Um, uh, this is a lot of things I'm working on that I can't discuss oh, right oh, now. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I brought you in for a pod. And yeah, who um, canceled? I'm always the backup. I know this. Nobody canceled. You know, it's just Blake's out of town. You know, that's all. <laughs> you uh, you you messaged me. Yes, you messaged me at the start of the third quarter of the Phoenix Suns game. So it, was, it seemed like a last minute thing. It was 11:30 p.m. <laughs> and I sent you a message like, yeah, Yo, that's please. What I'm saying. Who canceled? Um, I appreciate you being available. Um, I'm do, always available for you, man. You do live like two minutes from here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Exposed you. Don't GPS me. Uh, so. Normally, on running back and on around the NBA, you do the legwork and you come up with the topics. Today, I've decided to return the favor, so... What do you mean return the favor? This is your podcast. <laughs> Did you expect me to show up and prep for you? I, I do appreciate <laughs> what you prep for me, but... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you seven questions, all right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to provide you some numbers, and I'm going to ask you basically true or false, but basically seven questions. Let's first have the pod... Then we're going to take a break, and we're going to get to Twitter questions, and we have a lot of good ones this week. First one, is OJ Anobi making the leap? we just seen him have his best game of his career against Denver. We saw that game against the Timberwolves before this. OJ Anobi this season averaging 11 points per game, shooting 50% from the field. Uh, if you break it down, he's shooting 59% from two-point range, which is very efficient, and 37% from the three-point range. Also, on top of the fact that he's a very good defender, is OJ Anobi making the leap? Um, not yet, but I think um, I think it does recalibrate kind of what expectations we might have of him for, say, the playoffs and for next season, right? Okay. Because I feel like OG's in a space where if you take away his last season where he missed most of it, was out for the playoffs, this is really like his second year in the NBA, right? And he doesn't turn 23 until later this year. He's in that space where, like, we don't have, like, specific expectations of what his ceiling is mm-hmm. i will say that like his performance recently and like he had a really good stretch at the start of the season too yeah, yeah. like awesome um like when a young player gives you those glimpses like you do tr- come to expect that you know maybe he can make that leap mm-hmm. so i guess my answer is no i don't think i don't think you can count on him to be like this guy for for every game especially like the mix of like the offense and the defense okay i think the defense will is is there obviously but, you know, I, I do think it does change the conversation of what we might expect of him kind of moving forward, like, next season and beyond. Yeah. I mean, obviously, first first off, the 32-point the game was just uh, was eye-opening. I mean, the fact that he had seven steals in that is just incredible. But, I mean, I think, you know, like you said, like, this is what was expected of him this year. And I think him meeting expectations is great. Like, as a very efficient fifth option, pretty good. Um I already asked you this on running back, but, you know, <laughs> I, I do like... I'm also going to give you the same answer back. Yeah. I do 15 pieces of content per week, so uh, there's only so much I can say. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, for, for in your in your perspective, like, what's the next thing for OG to add to his game? On top of right now, where we know he's a reliable three and D guy, yeah. can guard pretty much everybody, efficient finisher, efficient three point shooter. Yeah, you know, I think it's just more the consistency. Okay, like okay. I think, um, I think that's one of the things that a lot of young players like struggle with, right? Like I keep going back to the Boston guys wow. just because I've been thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, really sound like an old head. Yeah, including a lot of the guy. young people. These yeah, days just young, young people are just really inconsistent in general. Um, <laughs> Just people flaking on me on Facebook when I try to sell sneakers and stuff. I'm still using Facebook. Yeah, come on. Um, but, yeah, like, I've been thinking a lot about, like, the Boston guys, too. Like, I feel like Jalen Brown went through a little bit of that, like, last year. Yep. People were expecting him to make the jump. And to an extent, Jason Tatum as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think Jalen Brown was a bigger disappointment maybe last year. Yeah. Um, and, and now you look at them, and it seems like they're maybe closer to kind of that fully formed, like, realizing those expectations that people had of them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe OG has to go through that for this season and next season as well. And it's funny, like, you keep talking about him, and I think it's fair to be like, oh, he's always, like, the fourth and fifth option on the floor. But if we're going to raise kind of the ceiling for him, then should there be, like, more expectations of him of, you know, we want this guy to not just give us the defense and guard the opposing team's best perimeter player, but give us the 15 points per night. Like, like is it time to expect that from OG because it's easy to be the fourth fifth guy sure and yeah. anything on offense is a bonus right uh-huh. but at what point are you like okay like no like we actually want OG to be more than that well I mean how many plays can you run from right now that's the thing right like yesterday uh, in the win against Phoenix obviously he was coming off that great game against Denver and so the first possession of the game I thought Nick was very smart he called uh, post post up for OJ and Obi on Dario Saric or uh, Saric <laughs> Dario Saric. It's changed my whole perception of Dario Saric. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, OG gets to post up first possession of the game. And it was kind of an awkward thing, but he muscled his way in there. And I'm thinking, you know, this is something where you're not necessarily always going to call for post-ups because post-ups aren't the most efficient play. And he's not necessarily a dominant post-up player. But I feel like, at least there, that's one way you can get OG more touches, right? Um, in terms of on the perimeter, I don't really see them running too many plays specifically for OG. Like, if the ball goes to him and he's open, he'll shoot it, and it's generally speaking a good shot. But they're not, like, running him off screens like they would with Norm or Kyle or Fred or anybody like that. Um, and so I, I honestly think, you know, maybe you look at OG and you just think about, you know, he maybe has to add one more tangible thing to his skill set where you're like, that's his calling hard. He can score on that play. We can run more for him for that perspective. But... You know, for the most part, he's done really great this year. Yeah, that's the thing about the Raptors this year, too. I feel like everyone has either met or, like, exceeded expectations, right? Yep. Yeah. Except for some of the fringe guys, but, you well, know, it not matter, yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. This is not going to be one of those podcasts where we talk 20 minutes on Pat McCaw. Which, by yeah. the way, I mean, I can't believe after a, a really nice win against Phoenix, the shorthanded Nick- <laughs> on the road, and everybody's just focused on McCaw, man. Nick Nurse gave him a compliment. Yeah. Post game, right? He did. You know, Nick uh, treats yeah. him, you know... With kid gloves, I would say. Yeah. Uh, let me get the specific quote because I put out the video yesterday. So I think he said he, he scored five points, but he did a lot more than that or something. Nick Nurse said, quote, a lot of credit to Pat. Pat gets five points, but he had a hell of a game. Yeah. He doesn't say that about anyone else. No. No. Listen. I haven't heard him compliment like Matt Thomas all year. He doesn't Except for like, you know, Matt tries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best compliment he gets is just like, you know, he, he tries. Yeah. Yeah. He really tries. Yeah. Uh, I posted this at one forty-five a.m. Yeah. Last night. Yeah. So I'm spending my evenings. Yeah. 
I didn't ask you. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So we number all, one, we all work hard here. Yeah. Question one was OJ and nobody's making the leap. <laughs> the answer is yes, apparently. Yeah, that was not the answer, but sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, number two, question number two. Marcus Law has missed 26 of 61 games this season and counting. Uh, do you trust him to be healthy? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Um, I don't know because I'm an optimistic person. You're also 35? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think maybe this time with the extended rest, um, maybe it's the right way to go. I mean, he's already injured himself like what, twice this year, right? On innocuous plays. At, as yeah. someone, as, I, the reason I brought you in is because you're also 35. <laughs> In your experience, have you just been walking around the house and then you pulled something? Yeah, uh, sometimes. Yeah, I get like neck injuries, okay, uh, back injuries, okay, just from like sleeping um, not properly. Um, also, played basketball for the first time um, like three months ago for the first time in I think like five years. Well, since you and, blocked me, yeah, and I <laughs> and I like sprained my finger and like um, haven't gone to a doctor, but I'm pretty sure like I tore something in there. Okay, like I still can't really like bend it or anything. Yeah. Definitely get an X-ray. Yeah, I don't so, know what's wrong so with I'm you, just man. gonna wait for that to heal. Yeah, it builds character. So, so you're saying at 35 injuries do uh, just later. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a hard question, you know, for sure. Like you know, uh, when it comes to like what groin injuries and hamstrings and things like that, mm-hmm. those things can just go. That's why, like, I don't know. Now they're saying that Mark is close to returning. I don't because I thought because didn't they didn't Nick originally say that they were gonna just play him the last like eight to ten games? Yep. Um, maybe don't rush him back. I mean, they're not rushing. They're, he's, he, I mean, yeah. 26 of 61. He's basically missed half the year already. But even if he comes back at like the end of March, yeah, just to get prepped for the playoffs, I don't know. I don't know if we're like dying to like get wins right now. I mean, I understand there's a race for the number two seed, mm-hmm. but to be honest, well, yeah, I guess if they fall to three, it matters because they might play the Sixers in the first round then, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think it's worth risking Mark back. So. Okay. Once again, haven't answered your question. But, All right. Know. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I don't I just don't know, man. I it seems like a lingering injury because he had the injury at first, and then he missed time when he came back, and then he missed time with the exact same injury. Um, so I don't really know what you do about that. I don't think it's something that needs surgery, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, it's sort of just like you give it enough time to rest, and then you have to go out there and trust your body again. Yeah. And, then the, and the Raptors, like, medical staff is not the type to rush people back. No, not at all. Not at so all. So I think they're doing it. If, if he's coming back earlier than expected, then I'm sure they've done all the behind-the-scenes things to okay. make sure he's okay. Okay. But, I mean, man, like, just, you know, instead of playing the last 20 games, just play the last 10. Don't risk the injuries. All right, fair enough. Uh, the real reason I brought you in, Marcus Gasol has had some interesting fits of late. Oh, yeah, he's really turned it up. Yeah, yeah. Did Between you, see you his- and him, there's been a big transformation in fashion this year. <laughs> wow. You're currently wearing a very fresh uh, white Air Force Ones. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're on sale right now at SVP. <clears throat> yeah, the so queen, you're staying the loyal. Queen street location. Yeah, so you're staying loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, they look nice. They'll they'll look a lot better once they're, like, beat up a little bit. Okay, yeah. So They'll be beat up soon. Um, yeah, I can't wait for five years in five years when you're just shilling for brands. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah and I'm asking fo- for your uh, the password to your Instagram account, I'm, I'm fo- which I'm I cur- which I currently run. Breaking news. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm following your footsteps, but um, yeah, I mean, Mark, uh, the sweatpants look. That one was tough. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on because you know Mark really owned that uh, space of just wearing uh, uh, team issued Raptors gear. <laughs> like he would just show up in like a Raptors tech fleece for like yeah, yeah. game six of the NBA finals. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Everyone else is like trying their best. Yeah. To, like, meanwhile, Serge has his manager like you know running to like department stores to wow. to get a scarf done. Oh, scoop. Um, just for a fit. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah I'm not sure what's going on. I feel like Mark should just keep it low key. Maybe he's like a little bit peer pressured right now. Maybe with the Serge stuff. 
I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems a little out of character. I'm just saying, if you're gonna wear sweatpants, just just wear sweatpants. Like you yeah, don't have to yeah. go halfway and be like half cargo pants, half sweatpants. Yeah, that was a look. Yeah, yeah. That, was that a look? Yeah, no, like not a good look. Yeah. Okay, all right. But what what did you think about it? Since you're a, a rising star <laughs> in the in the fashion industry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not sold at H and M, so I, I don't uh, I don't approve of that yeah. one. Can we talk about how you made fun of one of Serge's pregame fits? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, you know, it's just the the shoes. <laughs> Wow, yeah. the shoes weren't full. I'll keep calling you out on that one. It's like red velvet cake kind of yeah, uh, okay. coloring. Yeah. yeah, all right. Key question number three: Norman Powell is averaging eighteen point four points on fifty-two percent shooting, forty-two percent from three in his last thirty games, dating back to mid-November. This is like across two injuries, right? Like that two too. stints. That too, but the fact that he's remained consistent since oh, yeah, the injuries yeah, yeah, yeah. is pretty impressive. True shooting percentage on the season is 62%, which is second to only Matt Thomas, obviously. Is he the best bench weapon in the Eastern Conference? Oh, man. Who are even the other candidates? I'll give you some other candidates. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie? Did a lot of preparation for this. No, we're, we're, just, we're, we're talking about realistic guys. Real teams? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to have to start because Kyrie's out for the year final, officially. Yeah. Milwaukee. We're talking about Dante DiVincenzo. And George Hill. George Hill having a nice year, but, yeah. you know. No, no. Pass. Next. Celtics. Uh, Marcus Smart sometimes comes off the bench for them. Yeah. No, no. Norm's better. Okay. Smart's also having a nice year. Offensive, o- offensively, Norm's better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sixers. They don't have a bench at all. I mean, you could technically count Al Horford as a bench guy. Oh, yeah. But, That's tough. Yeah. But that doesn't really technically count. <laughs> Trying to book. think of what's the last worst signing um, before Al Horford. Uh, What's a signing that has just like four months in, six months in, completely just bombed? Uh, Demar Carroll. Yeah, but I feel like Horford was like a bigger pickup, though. Definitely. Like Horford was like, oh man, they no, have been like hoarding. Him. They hoarded all this cap space. Yeah. They made all these trades. Um, they gave up a lot of future assets, and then decided not to keep uh, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Yeah. And then they're like, or oh, now yeah, now we're gonna reroute this money, and our big signings are Tobias Harris to the max, and Al Horford as a backup. Anyways, that's a separate topic, but it's hilarious. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is truly bad, man. Honestly, that the whole yeah. 2016. Uh, okay, so the Sixers don't have any like crazy players off the bench. I mean, Shake Milton is having a nice game. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of Shake? What's your thoughts on Shake Milton? Um, you know, he's cool. You know, congrats if you streamed him in your fantasy league for two days. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Wow, <laughs> this guy really pulling out DFS moves. Yeah. <laughs> Shake Milton. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's wow. You know, so Norm really might be. Out of the playoff teams. Uh, and then Miami brings Iguodala off the bench. Yeah. Has Iguodala done much since he, I'm returning? I think I saw a stat where he's putting up 4-2-2. Yeah. Two, and two. Okay. But yeah. he, I mean, he's like... I'm sure he's doing good. His stocks are doing good, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm probably, yeah. He's probably working harder on StockX than he is on basketball. <laughs> StockX. <laughs> this guy's out of control right now. This guy's wrong? working computer share. Yo, what's wrong with you? Uh, um, the Raptors... Yeah. My point is, is the Raptors might have the two best bench players in, in the Eastern Conference because Serge also comes off the bench. Oh, I thought you were going to say Matt Thomas. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Serge off the bench. Although, bench Serge and starter Serge are like two different people. Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes. Fair enough. Um, But yeah, you know, honestly, what Norm has been doing has been ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about this, just like the aggression and the decisiveness. Yep. Like, again, that's another player that had to go through like several years of losing his starting spot, Mm -hmm. not really finding his like comfort zone. And like, I don't know, for whatever reason, he's found it this year. Like,. It's incredible. Yeah. Everyone still wants Jamal Crawford. Like, there, yeah, there, there he that? is. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, no, people forgot about that part. Uh, you know, with Norm, I just think it's like he hit that age 
in life where he figured it out. When, when, <laughs> Not everything what? has to be a life lesson. Once what, again, what something age? I try to tell 20-year-olds, man. What like, stop. It? You cannot compare Norm's rise to like some kind of like life lesson. <laughs> but sure, go on. It's your podcast. What, what age in life did you figure it out? Um, you know, I, th- I think life is just something that you figure out on a day-to-day basis. Okay, all right. So there's constant room for growth, whether you're 20, 25, 30, 35. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So you're saying Norm's gonna get better and better. Honestly, this is the best case scenario for Norm. Yeah. Like I, I'm so thrilled with what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, like I don't even. I'm not even surprised when he scores 20 anymore. No, you come to expect it, mm-hmm. and I think it's so key to have someone in the second unit just kind of lift those lineups, right? Yeah, we saw it against Phoenix. Like they were yeah. down 17, and then Norm decides I'm just gonna score like 10 straight points. Yeah, and, and and the good thing about Norm too, like you've seen this in the in the playoffs even when he was, like, a very inconsistent player. So it's pretty exciting to think about, like, what he can potentially do mm-hmm. to, like, swing a game or two in a playoff series. And now that contract looks nice. Yeah. So you're saying he is the bench weapon in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, let's and go with it. And this is sustainable. Let's go with it. Okay. I'm just putting answers in your mouth at this point. Yeah. Burning uh, question number four. The Raptors are plus seven in points differential in transition in terms of the transition points they score versus the transition points they allow. All right, what is this, man? Is this for too much too much hoops right now? Uh, is this sustainable <laughs> in the playoffs? Um, last, so to give you okay. some context, last yeah, year yeah. they were plus five in the regular season. They went down to plus three in the playoffs. In transition. In just transition point differential in terms of how many yeah. you score, how many you allow. Seven right now is high. It pretty, pretty much the Raptors' point margin right now is – Entirely that transition. That's a little worrisome, no? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, worrisome. most of the best teams in the NBA have a really good transition uh, yeah. differential. Well, I'm sure that's going to slow down in the playoffs. Okay. And I'm not going to lie, like, I am a little bit worried about the team offensively. Okay. In yeah. the postseason. Fair enough. I think I've seen some stats, too, just when they've gone up against, like, good defenses. Mm. Like, in the half court, the numbers have been, like, really ugly. Yep. Um, I mean... Saw a little bit of, the get, uh, of that against the Bucks. But, again, it's really hard because, like, you can always go to the excuses that, like, you know, Mark wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norm wasn't there. Sure. Was Norm there? Norm didn't play, right? Norm no, he did didn't not play, play against, against the Bucks. Game. No. So, like, uh, that's the thing. It goes back to Norm, uh, to Mark. Like, Mark's such a big difference maker. Yep. Especially um, on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. I feel like having him in there healthy will fix a lot of things. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, the question's all about the Raptors, is, I think, is on the offensive end. Right. I mean, it's clear cut that, like, their defense is capable – of I think slowing down or, or maintaining any of the top teams in the East, mm. even Milwaukee. Okay. Well, I mean, so that's a no for the transition thing. I kind of agree with you there. Yeah. That segues to key question number five. The Raptors are 18th in the NBA in points per half court possession, and the thing is, this is their lowest rating or league rank since 2014. Um, in the in the years since they've been in in 2015, they were fourth. Uh, 2016, they were sixth. 2017, they were seventh. 2018, they were fourth. And last year, they were eighth in terms of points per half court possession. They're 18th this year. Um, now, the good thing is the Raptors are, uh, I think, second in the NBA in terms of lowest, uh, you know, half court possession percentage. They they are, coincidentally are also second in uh, possession of plays in transition. So they play a lot of fa- in fast break, and they're very good in fast break, as I just mentioned. But this 18th and half court possession. I mean, what is, what is, what does it boil down to for you? Is it is it in the sense that the Raptors don't have like a clear cut superstar they had in the past, or is it more injuries, or is it more system based? What's going on? I think it's two things. Um, I think for sure it jumps out that like probably in past years, whether it was Demar 
or Kawhi last year. You know, um, when the shot clock goes down or whatever, like you have that one guy, right? Okay. To create the shot. But the other thing too is like, you know, I, I do think the injuries probably um, mess with the numbers a little bit just because of like the lineups that are, that are out there too, right? Like we see clearly when the Raptors like struggle yeah. on offense, it's when Nick starts like, you know, mixing those types of lineups with the bench players mm-hmm. and things like that. But no, that's um, that for sure is a, is a, is very worrisome. I, is- I just got to see how the team is like in the playoffs when they run up against maybe like a Philly or a Boston. Like, how does it look, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to have to hold these teams to like 90 points to they win? Because that's tough. They might have to. The, the Raptors get far in the playoffs. And as far as their, you know, uh, just abilities go, it's it's going to have to come on the defensive end. Offensively, I just don't – I mean, even with the, you know, Kawhi and DeRozan point, it, it, that is important. And, of course, like another guy that was really big for the half-court offense in previous years was also JV, who the Raptors just don't have that kind of uh, guy who could play at the rim and dominate the rim this yeah, year. Yeah, just get, like, easy baskets and things yeah, like that. Like, just, yeah, like, just, like, post him up, get him in a hook shot, uh, score, and then putbacks and stuff like that. The Raptors are really down on putbacks. Ever since Nick Nurse took over, basically, the Raptors used to be a pretty good offensive rebounding team. Nick Nurse came in and was like, no, we're going to play defense. Everyone get back in transition. And so they haven't really been a, a great team at the rim in terms of putbacks. But um, it is kind of just weird to me. This is where I, I do think it's a large part because of injury. Because if you look at it, Again, in previous years, um, four, six, seventh, fourth, and eighth in terms of league rank. To drop down to 18 this year, it's not the talent this year is that much worse than everyone else every other season for the Raptors. We're not even talking about just like not having Kawhi. I'm talking about like DeMar versus Pascal. Um, and, you know, I, I think the biggest difference is simply just that the Raptors are more hurt this year than they've been in previous years. Yeah. No, me. I think that is. I think that is a big factor, but... Mm-hmm. Still doesn't take away from the fact that I do think that's a huge concern. It is going into the playoffs. It is, but I, I do don't think it's all on Pascal. I'm guessing we'll talk about Pascal at some point. Yeah, but I don't think it's just all on him. Just because people are giving him a hard time about you know he's not the guy. Like what's his move like in crunch time and things like that. Mm-hmm. The offense is going to have to come from a lot of places. Like Fred can't have a series like he did against the Sixers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to expect. You know, Kyle will probably have to average like around 20 points in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Norm is going to have to probably average around 20 points, too. Okay, all right. Like 15 to 20. No, seriously. I'm starting to sweat now. Yeah. This is, uh, no, but it's true, though. sounding great. Uh, but it is true. You're right. You're right. And, and you're probably expecting, like, 25 points from the center position, too, between yeah, Mark and at, Serge. At least. I mean, at least. What do you mean? Where are all the other points going to come from? So you got 25 from the center spot. Yeah, 20 from Kyle. 20 from Kyle. Okay, a little high, but whatever. It's 20 to- from, totally possible. 20 from Pascal. Only 20? All right, 25. If, if I'm talking Pascal probably like 40 minutes per game. I'm, I'm probably expecting like at least 24. Okay. I just okay. want the efficiency, to be Sh- honest. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we at now? So we're 25, at, we're at 25, almost 20, 70. Yeah, we're almost, we're, okay, let's say yeah. we're round up at 70. Let's All not right. mess up this math. Fred is probably going to give you 15. 15? Yeah. So a little 85. Hopeful. 85. Right. Norm's going to give you 15. 15. Okay. Oh, all right, that's 100. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. 100 is probably not enough to win, but. And, and then you're going to need OG. Oh, G's going to be there. Okay. OG, like seven points. Yeah. Maybe eight. Let's. <laughs> yeah. 100. So 108. And then we need. They a need Maca- a surprise. They need a surprise. Macaw's going to give two points. Yeah. Maybe. They should play Matt Thomas a little Over bit. Over under Macaw averaging two points in the playoffs. Over. Really? I think he'll play enough. 
Do you think McCall's Jeez. suddenly going to get benched during the playoffs? Uh, I think that's what people hope for. And yeah. on my part, I do really hope his minutes get cut down in the playoffs to like maybe 10. And so yeah. I don't think he's going to score ten, two points in 10 minutes. All right. Nick's just running him out there a lot. 34 minutes. Hell of a game, man. The best five-point game Nick Nurse has ever seen in his life. Come on, man. Do you think Nick Nurse – I was wondering yesterday, would that have been Nick Nurse's first ever like four-game losing streak? Across uh, all the continents. Uh, I'm sure he's been on losing teams. Well, you know, that time he was in Belgium. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. fourth game got postponed. Yeah. Man, it I, was I, the second I, half of a doubleheader. Yeah. I love when they ask anything about Nick Nurse's past, and he's just like, yeah. Yeah. Back in Birmingham. Nick, Nick Nurse is the is what um, Jim Boylan and David Blatt aspired to be. Wow. The kind of arrogance and, and discipline. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. It's a mix. Yeah. Nick is you know, Don't pretty steal good. steal that. He called out a uh, – I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But maybe I will. Uh, no, he called out a uh, uh, Chris Boucher, and then Boucher had a great game. Yeah, no, that 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 call out is real. And then Boucher was like, "I probably needed it to be honest." Yeah, no, oh, that's what I love about that too. You know, the, all the players are just like, "Yeah, you know what? You called me out, but you were right to do it." Yeah, that's uh, that's respect. Yeah, that's a level of respect that Jim Bolin aspires to. Again, instead he calls a timeout when they're down forty-two with ten seconds left. Yeah, he's so pathetic, man. Yeah, I, just, I honestly don't get hard. it. I honestly don't get it. Uh, burning question number five. <clears throat> Only five? Uh, oh, sorry, no, this is six. Sorry, yeah. six. Uh, what, are you tired? You want to eat the second <laughs> half of your sub? This guy came in at like 3 p.m. and he's like, all oh, right, Can, let's do can we five. mention the brand or is that? Uh, no, no, no. No free promos. Yeah, yeah, no free promos. You just uh, had a generic sub. Yeah. I mean, essentially. Basically. Yeah, no name brand, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, burning question number six. Pascal Siakam. I asked at the beginning of the season if Pascal was going to be more of a DeMar DeRozan or more of a Kawhi Leonard in terms of as a number one option this season. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear he's closer to the DeMar DeRozan end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I will offer you these two numbers, okay? Pa- uh, DeMar DeRozan in 2017 was his best ever season offensively, I thought. Um, you know, there's an argument to be made about 2018. He was a little bit more efficient with his passing. But uh, 2017, he averaged 27 points per game. I think he was seventh, second team All-NBA, maybe, maybe third. But was really good that year. Um, and that year, DeMar DeRozan had an effective field goal percentage, which is just regular field goal percentage plus three-point percentage that is weighted for three points, uh, a 47.9 effective field goal percentage for DeMar DeRozan in his best offensive season. This year, Pascal Siakam's at 52%. Okay. So better than DeMar's best season. Actually, much more efficient than DeMar DeRozan's best season. Uh, and actually, fun, fun stat when I was looking at this, you See, I had a lot of fun with this. Huh? I had a lot of fun, man. I had, I had like a full three hours to research for this. Siakam is actually ahead of Kawhi Leonard right now in terms of effective field goal percentage. He has a right. take that. He's at fifty-two percent. Uh, Kawhi is at fifty-one point five. Yeah. So Kawhi left uh, a better player than him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Are these Kawhi didn't want to be number two. I can't even propaganda that. Yeah. No, that's not. That's just we know that's not. Gonna true. miss Kawhi in the playoffs a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know he did average uh, thirty points per game and rivaled most of Michael Jordan's <laughs> records. Uh, but would you agree, Pascal Siakam, right now is more of a Demar Derozan than a Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, sure. But you know, I think the closer, I guess, on the Kawhi side, maybe Pascal's closer to Kawhi in terms of having a two way impact, right? Okay. Not sure if Demar was ever, you know. Uh, impact player on the defensive end. Oh, I mean, I'm sure, man. Yeah, yeah, I, just, yeah. I was just, a, I was just trying to be no. nice, you know, because uh, no. yeah, yeah, Demar's a good dude. Um, he has a, the Joker tattooed on him. Yes, I saw that. that yeah, was, uh, yeah, that's never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Joker tattooed is never a good sign. Uh, is this, that above or beyond bleaching your, ha- your head 
blonde. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, way above, right? Yeah, that's permanent. We're talking about Kyle Kuzma, right? Yeah, we're talking about Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, but that's it's also below KD. Didn't KD get like a like a Rick James and like a Tupac tattoo on his yeah, leg? Like that's two right. weeks after like, he signed with the Warriors, huge ones too. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess listen, man, tattoos. Listen, tattoos are a thing, and I'm definitely not judging that. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, as as an artist, as we, a creative, you know, we live in a society. There's just creative choices. That should be made. Like getting a Joker on your arm. Like I don't know, man. Uh, it, uh, to be fair, it was the Heath Ledger uh, Joker. Okay, Rest no, no, that yeah, okay, that does make it a little better. Yeah, yeah, he was great in that role. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> uh, Pascal Siakam more oh, yeah, Pascal. than a Kawhi right now. You know, right now, you know, I think I think we did like not maybe underappreciate. Um, how elite of a score Demar was, like yeah. especially in the regular season. He's like forget really the playoffs. I know year. we always talk about the playoffs, but man, like the thing with Pascal that jumps out to me is that there's just you can just see clearly there's two players. Like mm-hmm. you see the one in Phoenix last night, and he talked about it after the game how he was just going back to basics and like, yeah. just having fun. Yeah, and like when Pascal is at his best, like he's just everywhere on the floor, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Both ends, and then there's games against like say the Bucks. Or even the Clippers earlier this year, mm-hmm. you see him going up against like an elite defender, like when Giannis is on him. Yeah, and it's like I think he almost like realizes, like he's self aware that like oh, like I'm supposed to be the guy mm-hmm. who's going up against this guy right now, and yeah, I have to yeah. make something happen. And like you see him, like he loses all his aggression. Right. right. Like last night, whenever he saw DeAndre Ayton, like he was just taking that to the basket, oh, and yeah, like yeah. just busting out moves on him. Yeah. I don't know why Phoenix single covered him. That was dumb. Yeah. Why would you single cover him, man? <laughs> yeah, Phoenix also didn't draft Luka Doncic. Yeah, even though. The, yeah. He had like they had like his coach, um, Man. but anyways, yeah. but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think that's that's just the thing that stands out to me about Pascal when you talk okay. about him as a number one option, and and again another kind of red flag or warning sign for for the playoffs. Although I do think it's overblown that everyone's like, oh, you know, can Pascal be the number one this year and mm-hmm. stuff? Like, I don't know, man. The Raptors are gonna win like as a team. Yeah, and I know that sounds kind of I don't know cliche, but yeah. Like like we were just no, distributing true, we were just distributing like the points yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like it's gonna have to be a group effort. Definitely. They're gonna lose if like certain guys just don't perform up to expectations. And it won't be just because of Pascal. Exactly. And the difference with that is is, you know, you mentioned the point about defense is just, you know, there were times when DeMar wasn't scoring efficiently. It was just like, what is he doing? He's now a negative on the floor. Um Pascal at least will play defense. And we know that's going to be a big part of the game. And I agree with you, man. It really is a, a big thing for him. I think just think in terms of his mentality and his focus. Like uh, the guy I kind of compare him to right now is like Jimmy Butler. I don't think Jimmy Butler tangibly has better skills than DeMar DeRoz- or than um, than Pascal Siakam. Don't think his jumper is better than Pascal. Even though he's a guy who's more willing to shoot the jumper, his jumpers this year just look up the numbers. They're terrible. Uh, and defensively, yeah, Jimmy's a good defender. So is Pascal. I think they're equal there. Um, you know, but the one thing with Jimmy is that he's just like he's done it before. He's mentally tough, and he's just like he has that confidence. And whether he's sh- shooting like four of twelve, or you know, like you know, twelve of fifteen, like he is going to maintain that same aggression, and he's going to maintain that same structure. And I feel like that's something that I think Pascal also needs to work on. And just his approach to the game shouldn't change. You know, like don't get in your head just because you're going up against Milwaukee, or whatever. You can still make the same impact plays on defense. You can still, you know, leak out in transition. You can still make your moves and just let the game come to you. Like he's there's a lot of him right now forcing this game. But again, this is totally normal. And in year one of him being the number one guy, like he's handled it not as well as you can expect, but pretty damn well. All yeah, things. Considered. I mean, if you think about it, 
if you just zoom out and look at it, like at the start of the season, if people told you like these were the numbers that he would be putting up, yeah, and these are the struggles that he was going through, like this would be above like the expectations of people. Yeah, like this could have this could have come like crashing down like pretty terribly. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he could have just been like a I don't know, like just. The guy that you see a lot, like, and, and and the thing, like, when he plays against those winning teams, like, a lot of players struggle mm-hmm. against Giannis yeah. and, and against, like, Kawhi. Bro, it's Giannis and Nenekumbo. I saw LeBron yeah. get blocked by yeah. him multiple times, you know That's what I mean? That reminds me, does remind me a lot of, of, of Giannis, like, a, maybe, like, a 70% version of him. Sure. Just yeah. in terms of, like, you know, like, the freak of nature type stuff mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, that I know his three-point shooting, his three-point shooting has been, like, okay. I mean, it's his three-point shooting is better than Giannis. Pascal's shooting yeah. 37%. Yeah, from deep, which, which is, is surprising very... because sometimes it feels like he's like just having these like two yeah. of eleven games. Well, he's all he's also either five of nine or like one of nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's like kind of like Giannis too. Like if that part of his game can become like really above average mm-hmm. or like near elite, mm-hmm. then it changes everything, right? Fair enough. But you know, uh, yeah. All in all, like I, I do feel a lot of the Pascal discussions are are overblown. But yeah. I can't wait for him to take all the blame when uh, wow. the Raptors lose, which yeah. they won't. Yeah, no, they're, they're not. <laughs> all right, last last burning question, the seventh burning question before we go to break. Uh, Matt Thomas is first in the NBA in three percentage at forty nine point three percent. He's um, thirty four for sixty nine. Um, can he finish number one on the season? Does he qualify? Like, does he have he qualifies games or attempts or whatever? Uh, he qualifies because I can play with the sliders on <laughs> NBAStats.com. So he's not officially on the on the rankings. Right? Whatever his number of attempts is, I set that to the minimum. And then, yes, he is number one. First of all, it's really disappointing that he's only had 69 attempts. On a whole year? Like, like I don't know. Like, I know, obviously, I kind of zoom in on Matt mm-hmm. whenever he comes into the games. But the sometimes teammates are just not looking for him. All I'm saying is if you're going to play Matt Thomas for like five to seven minutes mm-hmm. and you're not taking advantage of the fact that he is, quote unquote, the best three point shooter yep. in the NBA on a team that struggles with offense a lot, especially with injuries. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. yeah, that's all I'm saying. All right. Fair that's enough. That's not even propaganda. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, also, his rebounding. Oh, what, yeah. What do you think of his four rebounds in like six minutes yesterday? Yeah, Dennis uh, Rodman-esque. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you and I really think alike. <laughs> yeah, because we, we have the same five jokes. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't even coordinate. Yeah, all right. I already used that diving Rodman photo earlier this year, so oh, that's why I didn't use it last time. I see. Time. I see. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Right, well, now you have the propaganda meme that you can use forever. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, yeah. Don't don't publicize that. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. you should look it up. I spent a whole five minutes on that. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Well, those are your seven burning questions. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break right here, where I'm gonna tell you that baseball is hot dogs, football has nachos. So when does basketball get its official food? How about right now, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the new official food of basketball? Think about it. Basketball players make buckets all the time. KFC makes buckets all the time. And theirs are filled with fried chicken, like a famous original recipe, or crispy popcorn chicken, or even juicy tenders. So that settles it. KFC, the official food of basketball. Order at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. All right, so second half of the show while you're uh, filming me here. <clears throat> so Excuse me? Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to your Twitter questions. But before we go that, actually one more plug. Um, I'm teaching a class for uh, Flying Books. Uh, it's a class on how to cover basketball. And uh, it's a four-part series. Uh, you can find more information uh, in my pinned tweet. Uh, or by searching William Lou Flying Books. But, um, yeah, it's a four-part lecture on just – not even a lecture. It's just, lecture seems like uh, one-sided. It's, it's really just sort of an interactive class 
where we cover everything on sort of how to cover basketball uh, in terms of writing profiles, you know, looking at stats, looking at numbers, uh, podcasting, video, social media, uh, everything. And then in the, in the fourth class, we're actually going to watch a game together, um, the last game of the season, which will be very fun. Yeah. Raptors Magic, I believe. Yeah. Pat McCall definitely playing 44 <laughs> minutes that game. <laughs> I was going to say. the over-under. Yeah, see, and we're going to watch that game, and we're going to figure out, you know, what what to, what to write or what to, how to cover that. And it'll be a very fun class. And joining me for one of those um, classes will be, will be Alex, who will be teaching – the second of the four uh, seminars, Blake's actually helping me with the first guest lecture. Uh, Alex is going to be the second one. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about this officially too much in depth yet, but, uh, you know, what, what, what are you hoping to teach the next generation of uh, Um You us? know, first of all, to, to join the class, we're going to make sure everyone follows us on, on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, that, that's half your grade. This is a trick that uh, an actual professor did, Yeah, I believe, at U of T. Yeah. A fellow Asian. Yeah, you know, respect, man. No, I honestly respect. Yeah, yeah seriously. Respect I the hustle. respect them so much. No, but I think, um, you know, I'm sure you have too, like, Sometimes we have like younger writers or people trying to break into the industry reach out to us. And it's just, you know, it's just about like passing on our experiences, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes maybe we've done it for, uh, you know, a few years now or for a while that things are like second nature to us. Sure. In terms of, you know, like you said, like covering stories or like social media, pitching stories, um, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. Like those are new to a lot of people. Yeah. So sometimes people just need to hear it. And maybe just hear it from people that, you know, look like them. Sure. Yeah. You know, hopefully we'll get, um, you know, a good turnout. No, you should check it out. I think, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it'll be very, uh, very informative. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like because, like, we are more part of, say, like, quote unquote, like, new media too, right? Definitely. Like, definitely. I think traditional media, um, will always have a space. Mm-hmm. Um, but that used to always be, um, the, the kind of only route, right? Right. Um, for sure. In terms of newspaper writing, um, and things like that. But now you see um, a lot of people like ourselves too, like kind of make a career out of our presence mm-hmm. online and, and kind of doing it our own way. Yeah. So I think sharing th- those experiences to, to people who are trying to break into new media as well right. will be um, really useful. And also the fact, like you mentioned, like you do different things. You don't mm-hmm. just write. Yeah. There's the podcasting. You know, we obviously um, have our show and you have your call-in show and things like that. And I think those things are important too, to, to talk about. Yeah, for sure. So, again, you can find more information if you just Google Flying Books William Liu. Um, and the class starts in late March, and it carries on right before the Raptors get into the playoffs. So, we're going to take Twitter questions. Um, the first one, all right, from, from you somehow. Why, why, did you, why do you ask the question if you know you're coming in, man? I just love engaging with you uh, on Twitter, you know. Tell, tell the people about your brand, White. <laughs> Brand Your new. brand new white Air Force Ones, yeah. And the general direction, <laughs> oh fashion God. direction that you're taking this yeah, year. Yeah. The other day I took, I had like uh, three hours to burn, so I walked up and down Queen Street and uh, <laughs> went into all my favorite spots, you know. <laughs> The, the SVP outlet got you? The SVP got you? Yeah, you know, first stop. One Do you day have to check your bag when you go in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why? Because they re- they're like, oh, he's here so often, he, he <laughs> might as well just take the bag. No, I think I went in there once and I had to check my bag before I went upstairs. Yeah, you did. And I'm like, I'm not going to steal this Phil Kessel Leafs jersey. Like, <laughs> I mean, on, on honestly, I might, but yeah, honestly, I might, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was walking down the street and first stop went to H&M, didn't really have, <laughs> like, didn't have anything this good This is there. legit. 
Yo, I could have I could have scripted this. I walked a little bit more, t- you know, down the street, went to the Adidas store. Saw yeah. some good good items, bought a shirt. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, whatever. It's honestly the it's just a little expensive. And then I went to Zara. Okay. Kind of potentially debated buying this very big coat, and I decided not to. And then I went yeah. all the way back to SVP, yeah. and you know I bought these wire for the, one. The so that, that's that's my approach. Really, is just whatever's on yeah. sale. Um, and there's no general direction, but you know it's uh, it's an improvement. If if you yeah. if you met me like two years ago, it's uh, way worse than this. So no, you. Uh, so it's, it's like Pascal. You're seeing it in progress <laughs> right now. Style's all about confidence. You know, it's Second, about confidence and knowing uh, knowing what you like. Yeah, exactly, and That's also it. how you get free stuff, which is you can also learn from Alex. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be a separate. Hour. That'll be a separate session. That's an additional six I'll, hours. You, you will have to donate a pair of shoes uh, uh, to me to enter. All right, fair enough. It'll um, be worth it. You'll, you'll get. You'll get some. You you don't like Gap? I was just at Gap before uh, coming here. Bro, what is this? man? I'm starting to become no, a fan of Gap. Uh, I'm not I'm not wearing Gap. Yeah, a lot of good essentials like hoodies. Okay. No. Okay. No free promo. All right. Uh, second question. Somehow, also well fashioned. What changes have you made to your wardrobe since Pascal said you should quote get rid of the whole fit, comma all of it? Yeah. So on Run It Back last week, um, check it out on Yahoo Sports Canada on YouTube. Um, we played a clip where at All Star Weekend I asked Pascal, Shay, Nikhil, and Tyler Hero about your fit. Mm-hmm. And you know there was some good, good, you know, positive, negative feedback. It was across the spectrum. Sure. Yeah. I Someone said, sh- I just had, I think Shay said, I just had to take off the fanny pack. Yeah. Which is right on the table right now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Shay says that everyone has their own swag. Uh huh. You know, as long as you're confident, you're good. Wow. Pascal was a little harsh. Yeah. 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 But we also have to cut out the part where <laughs> I said he stole his logo from the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Yeah. You might have to cut that out again. <laughs> no, uh, this is my podcast. I'm keeping that in. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, but yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. You have your own Instagram page now. We're gonna get you sponsored. Okay, that's the goal. I think the goal at the end of the end of the year is to get you sponsored. Fair enough. By a brand that you know you feel like fits your vision. Okay. We can't just sell out to anyone. Yeah, yeah. That's right. SVP, call me. Right? Yeah. Just no, I, like I think a, Zara. I think like Zara is a. Discount. I think Zara is a. It's a doable. Oh. Okay. Goal. Well, all right. I'll, I'll do that too. Yeah. Um. Next one from Ravi, my guy. Uh, who do you think is still on the team in 2021? Oh, just like the whole team. Yeah, out of the people right this now. This is after Giannis comes. At the start of the 2021 season, when, with Giannis obviously there, yeah. who is still on the roster? Um. Pascal. Yeah, I think most of them will be actually. Okay. So how about who's not going to be on the roster? Uh, you think Kyle will still be there? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, like one more contract. I, I, my hope is that you know after this last two year or this one year extension, which was worth like thirty million, yeah. Uh, you know, Masai and, and Kyle sit down and are like, "Hey, listen, you know, what if we did this bridge deal? You know, like two years, fifteen million, something like that." Yeah. Personally, I don't think Kyle's the kind of guy to take discounts. I know as much as he loves Toronto, as much as Toronto loves him. Uh, it might be a little tough. I what mean, if he I goes know, to man. Miami with Giannis, yeah, and uh, Jimmy Butler, then you know I'm gonna tweet about the Leafs. This <laughs> <laughs> guy's gonna buy a Zach Hyman jersey. William Nylander. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, but I think the easier way to answer is like, who's not gonna be here? It's probably like the bigger ones are Kyle, well, obviously S- Surgeon Mark, Surgeon Mark, yeah, Norm too. His contract is up, right? Uh, he has a player option for that year, honestly. At, with the at way this moment, playing, he would opt he's out. He's opting out of 10 mil. You can get more than 10 mil for what he's doing. He could get like 15 for like four years or something. Yeah. He might be out too just because the bird rights will be pretty big on that. Too. Yeah, but I feel like all, a lot of the younger guys, I think, I guess will be there. OG, Terrence. Matt Thomas. 
Yeah, Matt Thomas, Thomas is Thomas on a three-year deal. Yeah, he's on a three-year deal. Yeah. Um, the steal of the off-season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, would you rather have him or Al Horford for 119 million? Yeah. I Tell mean, me right now. Yeah. Okay, that's very easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like most of the guys will be here. But I don't know. You know, it feels like if Masai wants to make a big trade, he's gonna have enough young players to be able to make a move for a star. I was gonna say, as much as Warmbier's playing really well, I'm thinking like, man, man, even it's I'm a, a really good trade chip right now. Even Terrence. If you're thinking big. Well, I mean, if you're thinking is technically like only big. on a two-year deal, so he doesn't sure. necessarily have a contract for 2021. But I do think he's going to be around. Yeah, but, but you know, by that point, if it's like you got Terrence, you have OG, we'll see where OG is at that point, mm-hmm. and Norm, yep. those are some good assets. Fair enough. If if you were to get a superstar yeah, and then try to pair him up with someone else. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. That sounds exciting. Good question, though. Good question. Yeah, Fred will still be here, too, I think. I think Fred will come back. Yeah, I think so. You need a point guard for the future. Yeah. Uh, Mahesh, I might be screaming that name, but uh, can you slash will do a Boston slander pod for what happened to them against Brooklyn? I, I did. I was having a lunch and I sat down within a quiet space and just threw on the highlights <laughs> for Celtics uh, Nets. Yeah. And I got to say, what Karis LeVert did to this team, uh, especially in, down the stretch in the fourth quarter and in overtime, was just amazing. Like, just like at, I would think at least like six threes. Yeah, this man came into the fourth quarter with 14 points, right? And he finished with 51. Yeah. How? They scored, and they scored 51 on them in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Boston, they've been getting some hype. They've been playing really well, to be fair, but they've got some injuries. Like, Tatum didn't mm-hmm. play yesterday. Having said that. It makes me feel less bad about, like, uh, like, when the Raptors lose to, like, the Hornets. Or the Nets. Yeah. I mean, the Nets one, I mean, that was, like, third game in four, four nights. Mm. And it was, like, right before the All-Star break. Sure. I got all the excuses. Yeah. The Hornets one was really the first maybe inexplicable loss this season, I feel like. Was well, there another had, one? They had injuries. Yeah, yeah, You know, how could you contain Bismarck Biombo? But that was legit the first one where you walked away, like, really frustrated. Yeah. I feel like. Sure. Because some of the other ones are against, like, just better teams. Right? Fair enough, fair enough. But then you look around and you're like, Miami's had a lot of bad losses. Yep. And then they beat Milwaukee. Yeah. Boston's had some bad losses. I mean, Philly's a walking bad loss every time they're on the road. I mean, they literally need Shake Milton to score, like, 40 points a game. Yeah. Didn't they lose to Cleveland on the road recently? Or was yeah. that Miami? Like, yeah. So, Atlanta. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All I'm saying is, you know, the Raptors are better. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, the, the Celtics thing, I'm just like defensively it just doesn't make that much sense to me how good they are defensively i I really do feel like they need like a backline guy like i get it uh smart's a good perimeter defender really good perimeter defender very kyle lowry-esque in a way i mean Mm -hmm. really he's kind of has that kyle lowry um not necessarily like you know one kyle's done then marcus smart's gonna new kyle lowry but a lot of parallels and similarities in their games um you know, T- Tatum and, and Brown are really good perimeter defenders. Um, Hayward has good size, I guess. Um, and they, you know, they play cohesively. But And Tyson's had a good year. But it just doesn't really feel like they should defend that well. And I felt like the way that Nets game un- uh, you know, unfurled, like they didn't really have a guy who can just like go on Karis LeVert and stop him. Like remember when Karis LeVert had 37 against the Raptors, last possession of the game, OJ and OB said, oh, I'm going to yeah. go guard him and I'm going to force him into an air ball. Yeah. And then if the Celtics had a guy like OG defensively who could do that stuff, then they would have won yesterday. It would have been easy, but they didn't, you know? Yeah, so. the Raptors have a higher defensive ceiling. Yeah, and they're the better defensive squad. Yeah, also That's people, not really slander. This is just analysis. No, and people, like, rush to, like, hype the Celtics all the time. Yeah. Like, imagine if... 
people have the same thirst of hyping up the Raptors. Well, you know, the Celtics but, you know, are basically a white guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> pens and raps. Uh, anyone you wouldn't mind seeing that the Raptors sign or just cut Miller and sign Brissett? Wait, what is this? Right now? Yeah. Like a uh, buyout guy. You know, I know you're a big uh, Malcolm Miller guy. What, 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 he's very nice. Yeah, Malcolm Miller is a very nice gentleman. Yeah, I've spoken <laughs> with him a few times. Every yeah. single time I ask you about what if they cut Malcolm, you're like, yeah, he's just super no. nice dude. Chemistry is important, man. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Cut- It'll all fall apart without Malcolm and his, yeah. his zenny glasses. Who- <laughs> Who's still out there? Didn't the the deadline pass of guys who can get bought out? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan Bell. Nah, I'm good. Is he is he better than Chris Boucher? No, Pro- probably not. <laughs> not after last night. Yo, recency bias. It's yeah, crazy. fair enough. Um, There's really nobody out there. Joakim Noah on a ten day. No man, I think the Raps are fine. Okay, just need to get healthy. Okay. Why didn't Why didn't like Wayne Ellington get bought out? This man's on the Knicks. Yeah, I'm I, just, for, I forgot about his whole existence until you said it. Yeah, no, I saw him make a three the other night, and I was okay. like, "Yeah, you watching Knicks basketball, huh?" Yeah, I had to tune in for the Leon Rose era, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, they won that game. They did, yeah. Yeah, and then they lost everything because they uh, beef with Spike Lee. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with the Knicks, man? <laughs> but they're fixed. They don't. I need swear, Ma- they, Masai, they don't need Masai. If Masai goes there, what's wrong with the no, Masai? I'm man, honestly, we'll lose, this, lose all respect for Masai. Yeah. Masai, just use this clout, Sound get the leverage, get the extension, and then let's yo, just, Masai let's cannot go out, there, man. man. It's just not a good work environment. No, it's not, man. What's wrong? Like whatever. Uh, send Bobby there, anyways. No, 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 don't send Bobby, man. That's my guy. That's 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 my one plug to the Raptors front office. Even though he tells me nothing, and I rarely ever talk to him. But come on the show, Bobby. I, I've asked already. I got to press him again. All right, uh, Daniel. Daniel Sutter asks, "Can Siakam be a number one option in the playoffs?" We talked about this, right? Yeah. I don't. It it, it just can't be just on him. It just can't. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a number one option where the the, the team really supports him. Yep. It's like how in the 2004 uh, Pistons, <laughs> <Holy>. <laughs> Chauncey Phillips was the number one option, but there was a lot of guys who could do things. No, you know what? The the Raptors honestly remind me of those teams a lot. Yeah. Just because of like the cohesiveness yeah, of, defense. of the five-man unit when, yep. they're, when they're healthy and out there mm-hmm. and just kind of the even distribution. Like everyone yeah. has different skill sets, right? Like Kyle, Fred, Pascal. Mark. Anyway, yeah, when, yeah. Even when you're talking about Serge and Mark. And you know those teams are funny too because like the Pistons won that one title, mm. and then they like carried themselves like they were like the best team for like the next like five years. Uh, and you know what? Granted, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think like six straight years. Yeah, they did. And they made it back but, to the finals the following year and lost to the Spurs. Yeah. But they always had this confidence about them. Like, yo, it doesn't matter if we don't have home court. Yeah. Like, oh, it doesn't matter that the we'll Celtics just hold you to sixty yeah, points. <laughs> that the Celtics have like KG now or whatever. Like, um, the Raptors have a little bit of that too. I feel like. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of that defending champs okay. confidence like to them. I like it. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm very high on the Raptors in the playoffs. Okay, good. Despite all my concerns. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, the first half of the... Despite pod, all these serious concerns. You're more yeah. negative. Uh, Mary asks, do you think Nick Nurse is keeping Matt Thomas off the court as a secret weapon for the playoffs? Um, I mean, that's the only explanation at this point. Oh, okay. All for right. why Matt Thomas isn't playing in Pat McCaw's spot. This question got seven likes, so... Yo, but honestly, at some point, it's like, okay, if you're going to start McCaw like you did last night, Mm -hmm. I mean, is he... First off, that did not work, man. Is he really really bringing you that much, like, on the defensive end? Where, incrementally, where you could argue that maybe Matt Thomas should start in the first unit and maybe give you a little lift offensively? That's all I'm saying. You can pull Matt Thomas after three minutes if you want. Uh, Yeah, fair enough. That's a strong case. All right. Matt Thomas. This is what Jim Sand told Nick Nurse. Come on, run it back. <laughs> Nick is like, nah, man. 
Sand, the Sandman? Yeah, the Sandman. Uh, I don't know, man. That's not a secret weapon. I mean, everyone's going to come in and be like, he, he can shoot. Yeah. Because why else would he be here? And I'll, then everyone's going to know. Like, what's nothing secret about, like, wow, Matt Thomas can shoot? I also like, think, like, wide open. I also think the hook will be real quick in the in the playoffs. He might. Uh, One might, missed defensive assignment and he's out. Yeah. He, I would rather have Matt Thomas play a two-minute stint uh, then when Jody Meeks play those two minutes. Yeah, but that's a low year. bar, though. I mean, McCaw's out there, man. That's yeah, like, that's, that's, like, that's like saying let's bring yo, Jeremy Lin McCaw had back, five man. points, and Nick Nurse was like, yo, this is a fantastic game. No, that's fair. Who do you so think? What are you saying about a guy if you have five points? You're like, yo, that was the best game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I think who, – who do you think is going to have the quickest hook in the playoffs? I think it's between Boucher and Matt Thomas. Like, who's Nick going to have the quickest hook for? I don't think it's Rondé. I think Rondé is good enough might, defensively. Uh, you know, but then Rondé will do some things that you're like, yeah, nah. Yeah. Rondé will have an open path to the basket, and somehow it's a seven twenty. You see that dunk against yeah, the, the Suns? Dunk. He's wide open, and then he, <laughs> and he on the got rim. and he got basket interference. I was like, how? Yeah, uh, Rondé makes one basketball play that I've never seen before. Every yo, game, Rondé dunks the ball, and it's like the bounce <laughs> shot by Kawhi. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it takes four bounces, and then he accidentally tips it. Yeah. No, but I think it's a tie between Chris Boucher and Matt Thomas. Fair quickest enough. hook in the playoffs. Fair enough. Terrence Davis might get a quick hook too because he came in yesterday. I mean, yeah. realistically, he stuck up the joint. He did not play that well, but like it, and then he just like got cut from rotation entirely. Like Matt Thomas got a second, uh, second. Uh, That's why I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. Pat McCall's going to play in the playoffs. Who do you think he's going to bring in when he gives these quick hooks? It's going to be McCall. It's going to be McCall, baby. Yeah. Uh, and McCaw can do some things. He, yeah, I thought he had a pretty good job pressuring the ball against Evan Booker. Not as good against Ricky so Rubio. So basic, basic basketball things. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did he great cut? Yeah. Did he have a nice cut, off ball cut? Yeah. He had a great layup. Yeah. Good defensive stance. He had a legitimate great layup, though. Oh, he did at the end of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the whole game, he's just been passing yeah. the ball, and then once, all of a sudden, once he's again, like, an NBA player had a layup. Yeah. It, what? Just, uh, it was one of the best layups I've ever seen. Okay. All right. Um, Sage four one six. The okay. All right. The, the LGBTQ community has a few questions for OG. They would like to know the truth. I don't know what that question is. Uh, yeah, OG's a fan favorite right now. Yeah, he's a fan favorite. Everybody he's loves OG. He's a fan favorite. I don't know what that question is. That question needs to be relayed to me because maybe I'm just oblivious. But XS, will the extended rest of key players give the Raptors an advantage in the playoffs? When will Kyle and Pascal get reduced minutes to prepare them for the April-June onslaught? Has Kyle's minutes come down? He played 43 last night. Okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah. I think there was like a three game stretch where he was like under thirty, but yeah, I, guess I mean when they ago. beat the six or when they beat the Pacers by forty six, <sighs> he got to only play thirty. Yeah. I don't know. Kyle's held up okay. Actually he's been a little I mean he was great last night. Yeah. Been a little on and off since the all star break. Yeah, it is what it is. It's yeah. just Kyle Harry, you know. Yeah. But anyways, it feel, it, it's a little too late in the season to be cutting the minutes, I feel like. Okay, fair enough. Unless they rest the guys the last week of the season, which I don't know if they can afford to do. Mm. Yeah, I, I I doubt there's gonna be uh, too much rest. To be honest, they might rest that last game in or, in Orlando, where Matt Thomas scores a career high thirty five points. <laughs> yeah, can't Eight, wait, eighteen assists from Pat McCaw. Yeah. I can't wait, man. Boucher with sixty five rebounds. <laughs> yeah, sixty five IG stories. Yeah. Uh, Jason Petal asks, uh, "Can we close by committee in the playoffs, or is an alpha essential?" Um. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think in close games is gonna be a problem. Yeah. I think the it's not like the Raptors. Like who do you want who do you want to have the ball? Like what do you want the play to be if it's a tie game with ten seconds left? Just Pascal top of the key. 
I would like to see Pascal in the post okay. and whether he draws a double or not and the Raptors can move the ball. Yeah. They've got to be better at that. But still, if you're drawing a double team in crunch time, I feel that's uh, a good outcome for the offense. Sure. Right? Because you can move around. The Raptors have good passers and sure. good shooters. Um, that's probably my preferred one. I want to see the Kyle Pascal pick and roll both ways. Kyle running the, with the ball, Pascal screening, and also Pascal with the ball, Kyle screening. I feel like th- they can create something there. Um, and then, you know, it's just... Uh, it might just be Fred making, like, random big shots. Fred is an <laughs> incredibly clutch catch-and-shoot three-point shooter Yeah, as a guy who creates off on, on the ball. I mean, look, last year in the playoffs, he got to play a lot against Quinn Cook, and he, yeah. he cooked Quinn Cook. He cooked Quinn, but... All right. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, that play where he, like, famously screams and stuff like that. He comes off the high screen, yeah, he crosses yeah, yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. Quinn Cook is in the paint somehow. And Kyle and the friend yeah. hits the three and he screams, "Amazing play!" I'm just yeah. saying, you're not going to play a lot of finals games with Quinn Cook in there. Yeah, all I'm saying is like, listen, man, I get it. Like Kawhi's not here anymore, mm. but like, do you like this closing? This team's closing lineup better than what the Raptors had, you know, when Demar was here. I do only in the sense that I trust more people to make decisions. I trust mm-hmm. Mark to make decisions. I trust Kyle to make decisions. I trust yeah. Pascal to make decisions. Um, but I'm it is gonna, a but it is like the question: It is going to be a closing by committee. Yeah. It's, it's going to be Nick going to have to drop those genius plays, bro. Yeah. You know, Nick had a, a good one yesterday, and he, he loves to drop those corner threes. Off and the Nick's capable of that. Down. Yeah, Nick he, does give him an edge on that. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a little worrisome when you ask a question of what you want, and sure. the answer goes in five different directions. Yeah, fair enough. So it is by committee, and I guess we're going to have to see. I don't know. But I do, I, do, I do think they play. I mean, honestly, their crunch time offense, at least by efficiency, has been kind of decent all year. So um, Jimmy Alfredo. What a name. Uh, if OG was a wrestler, could he take over the Gold Dust character? What does that mean? Um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to make the connection. You're a wrestling fan? Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's I was just, a big Gold Dust fan growing up, too. If OG was a wrestler, um, what wrestler would he be? Wow. Who's, a, who, who's someone that just, like, doesn't talk? Yeah. He'd be Kane. Remember Kane? I do remember Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kane, yeah. Uh, Undertaker's he brother. He just looked like a, like a mad Republican. <laughs> you couldn't even see his face. Yeah, but you know, you you know he was a Republican. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, well, didn't know we were gonna merge a WWF and politics. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Super Tuesday over here. Yeah. Okay, it's Wednesday. <laughs> um, if OG was a wrestler, how many wrestlers do I know? Yeah, this one's tough because you know, you, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah. I don't watch wrestling anymore. Yeah, yeah. We failed. We failed. Uh, I was going to say, Ray Mysterio is my go-to answer, but he's nothing like Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Also, I think I saw you say the other day that, was it you? You were like, OG like doesn't try, but he's like really funny. Yeah. I uh, I take issue with that. Why? I think OG tries really hard. Okay. I think OG actually tries really hard to maintain that. That pers- persona. persona. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, That's all I'm saying. It's good, though. He's very good at it. No, no, no. He's yeah, a great I character. I just, I just... Uh, Disagree with the fact that he doesn't try. Okay. All right. I think he tries very hard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ten ball goat. <laughs> wow. My only friend on the team left is Malcolm Miller. Uh, yeah. That's why you can't <laughs> let him get traded, man. Um, which team in the East are you most worried about facing the first round? Realistically, it's like their first round possibilities are like Philly, Indiana, uh, and that's if the Raptors get the three seed face the six seed. Um, I'm not even sure which one's going to be there because honestly, both those teams lose and win and just like they're yeah, a little unpredictable yeah, 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 right yeah. now. Um, but they're both clearly very talented. And then you know, whichever seventh round opponent, like if it's Karis Levert and the Nets, that's five games. We're good. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, 
and then Orlando. Like, God, please, man, no more. I just Orlando. don't want Orlando just because it's just boring. It's boring as hell. Yeah. But also, I'm very confident we could beat Orlando. No Jonathan Isaac to slow down Pascal yeah. Siakam. It just wouldn't be like fun. Vucevic can't do anything against Marcus. Yeah, Sullivan. what are you gonna find out about the Raptors that Nothing. you don't already know? Yeah. Nothing. So I don't, I don't mind. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind first round matchup with the Sixers actually. Oh, okay. It'd be kind of fun. I, I do highly mind. Uh, yeah. I'm not trying to see Embiid in the playoffs again. Uh, as much as he can't score, he can really defend. Uh, Nathan Drake, uh, shout out to Uncharted. Do you play Uncharted? <laughs> no, but One, two, I, I three, get the four. reference. Okay, all right. I get the reference. Uh, did you, you play Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. I, I did not. Although recently okay. I downloaded Bioshock, and I was like, this game looks interesting. And then I watched like the, the intro, <laughs> and I was like, he shoots himself, and he's like underwater with yeah. his little daughter, who's not, apparently not his. And I was wow. like, this is too dark for me. I'm just going to play FIFA. <laughs> like, yeah, the last, game good, I, the last game I played was like Doom on, on my PC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. By the way, can we talk about soccer later? Yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Liverpool falling apart. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. Yeah. Uh, Nathan asks, can you do a quick exercise on the pod on who you think the top six teams in these should be uh, want to face the most in the playoffs and who they wouldn't want to see? Yeah, so, this is like 800 different permutations. Yeah, it's a six-by-six six matrix right here. Um, do you think the Sixers can give the Bucks a series? Hmm. Probably not if you're thinking that long. No, I don't think offensively they can score yeah. on the Bucks at all. Because that's literally what all they're they want to do is yeah. get to the rim. That's what they're literally built for. Yeah. So the Sixers are just fundamentally broken as a roster. It, oddly enough, Milwaukee's more built to beat the Sixers, and the Sixers are built to beat Milwaukee, <laughs> which and, sucks. Which really does all of us cashing a check right now. <laughs> I don't think the Sixers match up well against pretty much anybody. Maybe it, on paper the Celtics. The Sixers could, have been terrible, terribly assembled. They don't make any like sense. They have man. been terribly assembled. Yeah, they don't make sense. And so. now they're gonna have to trade probably one of their top two guys. I can't wait, man. D- like, and also Mark Fultz is playing all right in Orlando. That's all yeah, I'm fair enough. Uh, so the Sixers, I don't think there's any great matchup for them. Yeah, I guess if you got to pick one, probably Miami. For yeah, them. Sixers, Miami. Yeah. Uh, Miami is a team that shoots the three ball well, but I feel like you can guard the three point shot a little bit better if you can protect the rim, which is, I guess is just a general statement. What but. about Boston versus Philly? Boston, I think he's honestly Phillies. That's kind of that's kind of a toss up for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, you would think on paper Joel Embiid has a great advantage in there in terms of the center spot, but Embiid against the Sixers or against the Celtics at center. I mean, maybe it's just I'm biased because I just watched the last game, but he was trash against them. So yep. I don't know, man. It, it, the Sixers are just very hard to tell. The, the, I mean, the Celtics in general. I mean, I think their worst matchup is the Raptors. Actually, yeah, I think the Raptors handle them really well on the perimeter. Um, and I think Pascal gives them real problems. Yeah, no, for, for me, the Raptors are still the clear-cut second-best team. Okay, that's this is as much as we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of permutations. <laughs> yeah, I got I to use the bathroom and oh, end wow. this podcast. Okay. Uh, like Jamal Jamal. 70. All right. Ask, uh, do you think Norman's our best shot creator? Uh, I guess. <laughs> right now, Yeah, he's not even that far behind Pascal. Yeah, which is, still, like, I feel like you still got to give it to Pascal, I guess. Kyle's also a shot creator. Yep. But I don't trust Kyle to create his own shot as much. Yeah. I think in general, as a team operator, Kyle is obviously the best. Norm Norm's like pretty elite now in terms of getting yeah. to the basket and as a finisher. Mm-hmm. When they were down seventeen, the guy who started started the comeback was Norm Powell coming out the screen, driving down the lane, right handed dunk. Yeah, you know. Oh, and it feels like this is real now. Yeah, I I really hope so, man. Just don't <laughs> just yo just don't get hurt again, man. We're, we're needing we need fifteen points efficiently yeah. from him in the playoffs. Yeah, just to get to hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one, Mir Yannick. Um, nurse's confidence, McCall. What am I missing? Um, it's unclear. You know. Okay. Yeah. 
I actually don't know how to answer that question. Yeah, fair enough. No one knows the answer. Everyone's asked Nick too, and you know, everyone's asked Nick. People are always like, the media is not holding Nick Nurse's feet to the fire. First off, first off, right. that is true. Yo, listen, <laughs> we're not Daniel Dale versus like you know Rob Ford over here, right? Rest in peace. I was doing an interview for like CBC Radio a few weeks ago uh-huh. when they were like on a 15 game win streak or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. When they wanted to call me, but then I was in Mexico, and then they're like, I'm calling the next Asian on the list, and they called you. And I was like, do you pay? Um, and um, yeah, that's advice to young young writers. Um, but like. Um, they were like, oh, yeah, Nick Nurse can uh, walk on water, like, as a joke. And I was like, yeah, Nick Nurse can walk on water. Yeah. Okay. Nick Nurse has very good PR, is all I'm saying. He does have great PR. His man. PR is, like, great right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, what will it take for Nick Nurse to, for people to turn on Nick Nurse, to be honest? McCaw. People are already doing it. No, but, but, like, he's done this all season. People are doing it, man. But people aren't turning on Nick for that. I mean, People are you just know? directing all their anger towards McCaw. Fair enough. You know, McCaw is, like, the number one trending topic in Canada on Twitter sometimes. And I'm like... Yeah. It's not this important. It's not that serious, man. It's really not. Please, guys. But it's also stop. just like really annoying. Yeah, I guess so. Anyways. Oh, my God. There's so many questions here. Holy crap. Yeah, uh, it's your own doing. Who do you want to see the Raptors chase in 2021 for agency if Giannis isn't available? Uh, Rudy Gobert would be a good fit. Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, Giannis, He's a good player. Great Gian- player. Giannis and Bradley Beal, man. All right. I'm not trying to lead the league in uh, screen assists. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> The Rudy Gobert quadruple <laughs> oh double. God. Screen assist, points, rebounds, IG stories. Mm. What do you think about this? Uh, James Monroe, this question, I thought it was good. What are your thoughts on star players seemingly pressing their coaches to challenge calls officially? It's got to be a balancing act of keeping the players happy slash engaged and not wasting it too early. Yo, I think this is a, a, actually a great question. Yeah. Because this is all I think about for challenges now. Because there was, I think there was one scenario a few games ago when Serge wanted yeah, 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 like yeah, after yeah, like yeah. the first offensive possession that, that was he had Indiana, or something. Indiana, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like Nick was just like, nah, man. <laughs> like you're, like, you're not no, on that no. level. <laughs> like if Kyle comes to me and gives you the signal, like I gotta keep Kyle engaged in the game. Like I will say yes for Kyle, but not you, Serge. Yeah. So yeah, I'm saving that for when I'm off 28 points. <laughs> no, the, the coach's challenge is legit a good system of knowing like where you stand in the hierarchy. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Pascal gets a couple of them, but yeah. for the most it's usually part, Kyle. It's, it's usually Kyle. It's usually Kyle. But you know what? Kyle usually has the best case though. Yeah. Like, and Kyle's trying to play the referee more than anybody else. Yeah. Pretty much in the whole game, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So well, maybe no, James Harden. They got to, yeah, I don't know. I don't like the coach's challenge system. They either got to do it with it or give them more or I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Let's take two more, man. This is too many. Yeah, you're exhausted. Um, I just drank a lot of water before this podcast. Uh, TTC made me do it. All right. Uh, there's so much talk about who our eighth man will be in the playoffs, but why do we need to settle on one? Is there a disadvantage to having a set seven-man rotation and then doing the eighth man by committee? What do you think? Because they have a lot of uh, options at the eighth man. Like, all the players are different. Matt Thomas is a shooting specialist. Yeah. Rondé's a defensive specialist. Chris Bishay is an IG specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Pat McCaw is, you know. Pat McCaw's a Nick Nurse specialist. Is a coach's pet specialist. Yeah, um, actually. I think, I think, I mean. You think that- he brings an apple and puts it on Nick Nurse's desk every morning? He's like, great. You know, I can't, I can't I'm so excited for practice today, coach. I, I think the eighth man can change from series to series. But okay. I don't know, you know. Oh, and Terrence Davis is also probably yeah. the best two way player in that situation. No, I can, I can see Nick kind of maybe mixing and matching throughout the series, but I think there's definitely an advantage of having those set rotations mm-hmm. and having the eight guys out there. Fair enough. But then, I mean, that's the problem too, right? Like the Raptors have a lot of like decent players, but not. Yeah. Like a. Eighth guy. Well, I was gonna say I don't trust any of these guys that we mentioned for the eighth man. Well, the problem is like nightly basis. Yeah, yeah, and that's them. that's the problem. Some right? nights they can be great. Yeah, Some that's the problem. Terrible. That's the problem. You could see Terrence come in and, and give them a spark. Yeah, or he could just look lost out there. Yeah, and Chris Boucher worries me. 
You know, as much as I'm a big fan of Chris Boucher. Sure, yeah. He's got a little baby in him, you know. You don't know. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. He could give up that, you know. He could have that minus 10 in two minutes. Yeah. It could happen. It's totally possible. And in the playoffs, like, that's what kills you. Yeah. Like, you Matt need Thomas to- could get burned on, like, two back cuts. Mm-hmm. And that'll be it for him for the series. Yeah. I think it'll be very short leashes. Fair enough. Probably Rondé. I, th- I think he'll probably trust Rondé the most. Yeah. Rondé just takes away a lot on the offense. He does, Anyways. man. The offense really just dies when he's out there. It's really tough. Uh, last question from Matt. What are your thoughts on Matt and Leo's back and forth on air? It seems like they throw shade at each other a lot and then laugh it off. Yeah, so this is something I've noticed for the past few seasons now. Okay. Is that I feel like, you know, this will probably happen with me and you too. Um, we throw shade at each other all the time. No, just like as the season goes on, you just get tired of things, you know? Yeah. Like you can't be around that same person. Sure. And it's like all the time on flights. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for them. Like, I see you, like, maybe, like, twice a week, three times a week. All right. And even sometimes, like, I just need a break, you know? Okay. It was good when you went away for two weeks. Damn. All right. This feels like therapy. Yeah. Damn. Um, No, but um, I'm sure at the end of the day, it's just... It's just banter. I'm sure they all love each other, man. But I'm I'm also sure they've gotten into, like, real fights behind the scenes. Really? Probably. I mean, if you spend that much time around each other, I can see it. But also, it happens. You know, uh, Leo said booger yesterday. He said Devin booger. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Wow. Yeah, no, I saw they were like shoving each other when they were on camera and stuff yesterday. So, yeah. Sometimes it's playful, but, you know, I'm sure there's something behind it. Okay. Leo's a good guy, though. Sure. Matt Devlin too. But <laughs> is, yeah. is he a better guy than Malcolm Miller? <laughs> <laughs> Compare the guys in, wow. in niceness. Can't, can't wait to drop my uh, ten thousand word feature on Malcolm Miller on the yeah, eve just, of the playoffs. Just the good deeds that Malcolm <laughs> yeah. Miller has done, like the Bible version. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, all right, Alex. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm actually really tired. Too. What do you got to plug? Um, nothing to plug. Let's just use this space to uh, talk about Liverpool. Mm. So I became a Liverpool fan. Um, about, and then they started losing about man. nine days ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll never walk alone again. I guess. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. you know, they lost to a, a Watford. Yeah. Yeah. Bad performance. Bad uh, performance. Remember last year when Sergio Baca choked uh, Marquise Chris? <laughs> yeah. And, that, the Rap- and the Raptors similar? lost by like thirty to this the Cavaliers. Is, this is what it. This is what it was. This is what it was. Yeah. And then um, didn't they lose um, the FA Cup game or was it? They did, yeah, to Chelsea. Against Chelsea? Yesterday. Yeah. Um, so what, what what's going on here? Two straight losses? Uh, well, I mean, three, actually, because Atletico Madrid also beat them. Oh, wow. In Champions League in the first leg. Although, second leg, we're going to get them at Anfield. Oh, we'll, we'll get them at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No problem. Yeah. They're going to get clopped. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I, so, I like that you have, like, six, like, go-to messages yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at any Who's time. Who's going to be the mané of the match? Yeah. Okay. All right, man. <laughs> <sighs> uh, oh, oh, what's going on, though? I, I, you know, you I know, think, you I know I'm only trying to join... Winning programs. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm not going to be part of a winning program, like where should I take my fandom to? What do you, Okay, first off, you can't be this much of a bandwagon. You just hopped no, on. No, 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 Liverpool no, no, is no. the most successful team pretty Sh- much. Should I go to Man U as they're going through a downturn right now so I cannot be criticized when they come up again? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, United is you're just not going to enjoy watching United. I'm not going to lie to you. What about, they're just not uh, playing great. What they about got, Everton? Definitely don't join Everton, <laughs> dog. That team, is, that team is pathetic, honestly. Ta- uh, Tottenham? Tottenham is in a transition period right yeah. now. They used to be pretty good. Uh, they were in the Champions League final last year, but you know yeah. this year they've gotten a lot of injuries and changed managers and stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, back to Liverpool. I mean, first off, Jordan Henderson, captain of the team, sure, kind of a guy who people hate on. People yeah. kind of think he's overrated and stuff. I sounds, can see he it. Sounds too. American. He okay, sure. <laughs> he has a very very heavy uh, British yeah. accent or whatever. You should have a Jordan Henderson award on your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, no Gerald Henderson anymore. Just Jordan Henderson, who shows the most heart. 
with their backward passes. Basically, a lot of people thought Jordan Henderson was the Pat McCaw of basketball or of, of soccer. Really? Yeah, but that's not true at all. He's actually a, he's become a very very good player. He's been a very very important player. He's yeah. just a guy who like sets the intensity for the team. Imagine if Kyle Lowry didn't have if the Raptors didn't have Kyle Lowry for a while, mm-hmm. and they just played like not the, their ability slipped. It's just like yeah. their uh, their competitiveness. So he's the heart and soul of the team. Yeah, and he's yeah. been hurt. And he's okay. been a big part of the team, and so that's sort of led to some of this result. Also, it's just they're just tired, man. They play every, they play like three times a week. I don't understand how you do it, man. Like, yeah. well, this is your audition for for a soccer podcast. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm uh, setting you up once again. Mike. Yeah, this could happen, but um, yeah. they're just they're just exhausted. And, you know, they 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 don't sound like they have a thin squad. Yeah, but you know, like it's a team like you know Manchester City, for example, they have like basically two like full rotations of guys they can go through and they can sort of shuffle them in which is kind of insane no (laughs) it is insane they're also one of the richest clubs in the world but aren't there players that are like yo why am i not playing uh yes definitely (laughs) but again there's enough competitions but they're also they're getting paid but also there's enough competitions for everyone to shine for liverpool it's just like there's a clear like top 11 guys and then like when they miss guys it's just very difficult Wow, this is really like the raptors right now yeah so Okay, so um, but yeah. they're going to repeat. So they're going to cruise. They're going to cruise to the Premier League title. Is that what they call it? Yes, yes. Is there like a cup that they lift, or uh, is it a plate? They, they live a they, they lift a cup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, Champions League, we'll get we'll get Atletico Madrid, second at, half at Anfield. Yeah. Yeah. What about the FA Cup? We out. We're out. That's it, eh? No treble. No treble. Yeah. Do you okay. know what a treble is? Yeah, yeah. That's when they win the three, right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Diehard fan here. No, diehard. Um, uh, by the way, uh, SVP. Since, since got, Michael got, Owen, yeah. Liverpool got a. There's some <coughs> Liverpool jerseys on sale at SVP right now, if you want. Yeah. Do they have a throwback uh, Steve, Steven Gerrard? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that does it for the podcast. Watch Run It Back with me and Alex. Uh, and uh, yeah, that does it for the show. Thanks to KOC for sponsoring the podcast. And I'll be back next week. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.